Welcome to the Field Famous Podcast brought to you by Field Routes, a show that shines a light on the field service industry and the dedicated professionals that grind every day on their journey to success. I am your host, Dr. Christopher Fasano. Before we begin, I just want to remind you the best way to receive new episodes of this podcast is by subscribing to your favorite uh, to the show on your favorite pod player, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you find your podcast, you can find the Field Famous Podcast. Be sure to give us a follow and subscribe. The show is also available on video format. If, if you prefer to watch the videos, you can do so on YouTube, on our YouTube channel all of that can be found at befieldfamous.com and if you're really enjoying the show and the content that we're putting out let us know by leaving us a review and telling us how we're doing on today's episode we have jonathan kidwell senior officer for partnerships and development at united to beat malaria jonathan welcome to the show Thanks so much for having me, Chris. Appreciate the opportunity. No problem. So I always ask everybody before they begin and this is the question and that, that I will ask you are you ready to be field famous? I think so. Ready as I'm going to be. All right, let's go. Uh, So um, for everybody listening, um, you know, Field Routes, um, the organization that puts on the the Field Famous podcast, um, you know, got involved with uh, Jonathan's organization. He's going to tell us a little bit about, we think it's a really fantastic organization and what they're doing. And so we, and they're very much in, you know, involved in the industry, in particular pest control, which is a big industry of Field Routes of Focus. And a lot of our our guests, if if you've been listening to the show, are in that space. So we thought it would be good given, especially in this month, and Jonathan, Jonathan will tell us about that. Uh, to bring him on and just tell us a little bit about the organization, what he does there, what it, what its impact is, what they're trying to do. So why don't we start there? Why don't you introduce yourself and then tell us a little bit about, you know, give us a little brief intro into the organization and then we can go from there. Sure. Uh, so Chris, as you mentioned, I'm Jonathan Kidwell, Senior Officer for Partnerships and Development at United to Beat Malaria. And in that role, I work with about 15 to 18 corporate partners across a number of industries, but again, many of them in the pest control space. And United to Beat Malaria itself is the world's largest grassroots organization dedicated to ending malaria, a preventable, treatable mosquito-borne disease that unfortunately claims the life of a child uh, roughly every minute. Uh, Some of you might have been familiar with our former name, Nothing But Nets, uh, and that was an organization started by Rick Riley, who is a Sports Illustrated author, uh, in 2006. And he wrote an article in uh, his Life of Riley column talking about how he had been writing about the wrong kinds of nets. He had been writing about basketball nets and soccer nets and tennis nets, et cetera. And at that time in 2006, he had learned that a child was dying every 30 seconds from malaria. And that all it took to maybe prevent that was an insecticide-treated bed net that they could sleep under. So he had coordinated with the UN Foundation to start Nothing But Nets as a fundraising, awareness-raising entity. Uh, and since then, we've, we've really grown and expanded. And the name change uh, happened last year and was a recognition that while bed nets are still a cornerstone, bed nets are still important in the fight against malaria. There's so many other interventions that are now on the market and that are now, now available to help protect the most vulnerable and to help reach people so that we can one day end this disease. So many things you said there are just incredible. So like just with malaria, um, malaria has been around for, I feel it's been around forever. Like if you go back yeah. and back in the histories, you're reading about you know, possible malaria, but these, these sort of vector borne diseases, mm-hmm. um, vector meaning like a mosquito things that'll carry. So tell us a little bit of just about the, the, the scope and the breadth of the problem, like, and, and what's, what's going on out there. Just give people the perspective of how big of a, of a, of a, a, a scary thing this is. Sure. So globally in 2021, there were about 240 million cases that led to about 620,000 deaths. There are Roughly 90 countries globally that have malaria, a vast majority of them are in sub-Saharan Africa. Uh, If you look at 
Nigeria and the Democratic Republic of Congo, those two countries alone account for about 40% of the world's global malaria burden. But you also have endemic malaria in Latin America and the Caribbean, as well as Southeast Asia. And Chris, when you're talking about kind of the scale of the problem, roughly half the world's population, so close to 4 billion people, live at risk of malaria. Uh, And some of those, unfortunately, don't have access that you and I might have to treatment. Uh, So it is a real problem, and it's something that is holding back not just individuals, but entire countries and entire economies uh, from being healthy and being prosperous. Uh, And so that's where we come in, is to try to you know, end this disease, it is preventable, it is treatable. And that is something that we constantly are messaging with our partners in our community that this is possible, we can end this, uh, but it does take partners and it does take uh, supporters to make that possible. So then, so tell tell us now a little bit about um, what you do to help to get there, right? So, I mean, clearly there's this problem yeah. and there's an interest to, to Especially one that would be preventable. That's you know, like yeah. we're we're not talking about something that we don't know how to 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 deal with. So, right. w- talked about some of the unique challenges that you face. Like, so when people hear that, they're saying like, "Wow, it's preventable." Then why why not? Like, what why are the numbers so so bad? And what's going on? So, yeah. talk to us a little bit about that, the problems possibly, and then how you partner and what you're doing to try to solve some of those problems. So, the problems is is definitely a kind of a complex question. I think. Domestically here in the U.S., we haven't had malaria in over 70 years. The U.S. eliminated malaria in 1951. My parents were barely four at that point. And so there's a kind of a recency issue. And certainly with the number of domestic issues and domestic causes that people are rightfully concerned about, it's just uh, it's a challenge to constantly get that engagement and get that buy-in when there are so many other pressing things. Uh, Going beyond that to the problems of malaria itself, you know, mosquitoes are challenging little buggers. Mm-hmm. Um, insecticide resistance is something we'll mm-hmm. constantly be talking about. Mosquitoes have evolved. They've adapted. So the bed nets that were highly effective 15 years ago aren't as effective now. And so there's this constant kind of chase game of trying to stay one step ahead of the mosquito with ever adapting and, and newer interventions. And then the malaria parasite itself is evolving. And so the anti-malarials that were once effective are now not as effective. And there's a big concern there that if we lose those, we don't have quite the same bench of anti-malarial drugs to draw upon. And so if there is widespread drug resistance for the malaria parasite, then that becomes a significant significant challenge. Uh, So where we come in is kind of really in in three pillars, I would say. Uh, The the first and and where I tend to do most of my work is in fundraising. Uh, So we work with UN agencies, UNHCR, UNICEF, as well as some non-UN entities uh, to provide funds to fill in gaps. So UN entities come to us, United to Beat Malaria, a campaign of the UN Foundation, and identify gaps where they know that they need support. And so we're able to kind of effectively and nimbly fill in Uh, to help make sure no one is left behind. And so that extends to my work as a fundraiser with corporate partners, uh, coming up with campaigns, creative campaigns to get those companies involved. And it also, we have uh, thousands of individual donors spanning the spectrum uh, of giving who are also contributing to help make sure that um, those resources are getting to the communities that need them. 
the, the second pillar is is messaging. It's just spreading the word. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a big day coming up in uh, in a few days, World Malaria Day yep. on April 25th. And that's a big messaging moment for the whole global malaria community. We have messaging toolkits and other resources uh, so that if giving isn't an option, at least spreading the word and letting others know that you care about this and this is a cause that um, is is personal to you. And then the third pillar is our advocacy work. Uh, And that is something that I've really leaned leaned into more uh, in my work. Um, The U.S. provides over a billion dollars in funding for global malaria programs, uh, primarily through the Global Fund to Fight AIDS, Tuberculosis, and Malaria, and the President's Malaria Initiative, started by George W. Bush. And we're pretty lucky that malaria is a bipartisan cause. We have strong support for these programs uh, on both sides of the aisle. So that's which is a, which is in our day yeah. in our nowadays political climate is a oh, yeah. is a win. <laughs> Getting yeah. someone to yeah. agree that we have a problem on both sides of the aisle and coming together for something is a win. I know that seems crazy, but in the world we live in, sometimes it's not. So that's great to hear that that there is support at our government, you know, level yeah. federally that is on both sides. So that's great. This should not be something that's, you know, a partisan. People people need help, and there's a clear problem. So that's that's good to hear. So, uh, and that's, again, something where I've been working with our, my corporate partners to engage them in our advocacy and like this, and this, this is a cause that has bipartisan support and will allow you to kind of open some doors, uh, for your own relationships, for your business, whether that's pest control or otherwise, you know, allow us to not only kind of give you the tools and resources you need to understand advocacy, but do so in a way that is often well-received by offices and then gives you kind of a foot in the door to have your own conversations outside of your work with us. So one more, one question I have more on the, on just on the, on the organization side, and then, then maybe you can tell us a little bit about more about how, how, how you're working with your involvement in the pest control industry and why that's important and what, what that looks like with, with, with with different uh, companies or how you do that is so with the money you so advocacy and then for obviously the, the actual fight against and um, malaria not just awareness are they is it funding specific efforts to you know scientists or medications or treatments or strategies do you, is it grant based where they can then write tell us a little about the how that sure. works and, and how those how the how that money is is going out it, it is grant-based, uh, and it is grant-based primarily for interventions that have been approved pre-qualified as the okay. official term okay. by the World Health Organization. Okay. Uh, so not nascent new emerging correct. technologies like an idea or something like that. Okay. We we track those. We're aware of those. Correct. But without that certification, it is hard to kind of authorize yep. that payment. Yep. We've done it on a limited basis. If there is uh, a company that has uh, an intervention or the next iteration of, sure, of sure. an that, idea, that we've done some kind of one-off yeah. things there. But not pilots, if we will. Correct. Okay. Correct, right. correct. Okay. So they would write, uh, present their idea and their pitch and what they have and things like that. There's a process on board. Okay, that's that's cool. You know, in previous life, um, I was a... Uh, trained neuroscientist doing research, genetic research. And um, I, I remember one big area, it still is, is this concept of genetic drive and genetic genetic uh, yeah, yeah. in mosquitoes, which is a very, it's it's a very interesting debate uh, on, on it. And really what it is, is um, it's a way to genetically manipulate mosquitoes, the male mosquito. And so that when it does reproduce, the offspring 
um, I'm trying to think of the best way to explain it. The offspring no longer have a gene, the female offspring no longer have a gene that basically makes the female mosquito function like a mosquito. And if that can't happen, they can't propagate. If they can't propagate, you lose the population. If there's no population, yeah. you lose the disease. The, the obvious issue is when you eliminate a species in some, in any regard, even a bad one in this instance, a specific, you know, specific type yeah. of mosquito that has a ill intent, you don't really know what the other consequence of that is. Um, the, the, the drastic example would be the bee and the honeybee, and you would never want something like that to happen in a honeybee population. So um, there is, you know, so again, I, where I'm going with this is that there are these very, very broad set of strategies. I like to see the innovation and there's, there's very interesting. I just remember in the topic of genetic research, malaria and this concept was, oh, with mosquito, with the mosquito, it always goes back to that, that little bugger, that mosquito. There's yeah. always been these cool things in, in the evolving science. So it is an evolving science and that, that is good. That yeah. means people are trying to be, you know, ingenuity. They're trying to be creative and put technology into a really big problem. So that kind of, that, that, that's nice to see. I, I just, uh, I thought I would put that in there. It's a very, I remember that being a really cool and fascinating uh, way to do it. So let's move to the, the partner, like with the pest control industry. Tell me about where that picked up steam. And I mean, obviously there's sure. a link there, right? This is a pest, it's a vector and, you know, companies are pest control companies. Their job is to get rid of said pest or a vector. So Tell us a little about how that works in terms of your interaction yeah. with the with the broader pest control industry. Sure. So I started with the campaign in August of, of 2018. And at that time, we had a couple partnerships uh, with uh, Aptiv and, and Mosquito Joe. And, and both of those were very successful, very um, you know, successful partnerships. And I think there's there's got to be something here where there could be a broader engagement opportunity kind of across the industry. And so I went to Pest World 2019 in San Diego just to kind of get a lay of the land and try to meet some people and kind of understand what uh, the industry was about and what, what opportunities might be there. And one of the first days, the, the opening session, I forget who it was, but I uh, got up on the stage and we are protectors of public health. And I said, yes, that's what I wanted to hear. Like, yes, you yep, are. Yes. You're protectors of public health here for your communities and you're protectors of public health for families around the world. And so that really kind of opened the door for me to think that this is, there's something, there's there, something right? here. Yeah. There is a there there. Yeah, exactly. And so I ended up meeting Andy Architect from NPMA and and several others, just kind of vendors and, and talking to, to people and like they're, this could work. Like I could make something out of this where I'm engaging PCOs, PMPs, and providing kind of one option for them to enhance their give back and their philanthropic engagements in a way that is messaging aligned. So you're protectors of public health and we're able to kind of help you enhance that message and help you tell that message. So it was really that first trip in, in 2019 um, that kind of opened that door and really solidified the industry as a potential uh, kind of strategic partner in the effort to end malaria. And since then, I've been fortunate enough to be invited back. I did a, um, a virtual talk at the 2020 Pest World in Nashville. And then I was at Vegas uh, in 2021 and Boston last year doing the uh, you know, baskets to beat malaria yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. event and, and had a lot of fun with that. And I've had some really good conversations and those have been fruitful conversations. 
um, but also needing recognizing the need to be persistent. That what I'm talking about and what I'm asking PMPs and PCOs to do is not necessarily forefront of their mind. It's not simplifying their business. Right. I don't have right, an amazing right. product. Right, of, right, 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 right. But, well, what is that ask, if you will? So what does that look like? Is it like a partner program? If I'm a PCO and I want, I hear this yeah. and I'm like, wow, I, I can really, that sounds great. I want to be involved. What what happens? What is that? What does that look like? So part of what I love about my job is the ability to be creative. Um, I'll talk to anybody and say that, uh, yeah, malaria is unfortunately very serious. It's far too deadly, but how we tackle it and how we approach it can be creative. It can be fun. It can be engaging. So that's something I try to tell PCOs is, you know, we can come up with a partnership that is unique and creative and kind of helps fit your culture so that it really amplifies not just your messaging, but, um, you know, how your employees feel about the business and, and why they love working for you at whatever your company might be. So I don't have like a, a partnership in a box to offer. I can give you some pretty clear examples of what's worked and things that other partners have done that have been successful. But I also want to give partners the chance Correct. to talk like to me. That's not only what it can be, I guess, is yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe if you would just give an example. And then I think really it sounds like I, I love that approach that I can say like, I'm really, it sounds really great my company may be a little different. How can it work for me? Right. And they can have that conversation. Maybe, maybe if you would, that'd be great if you give an example of where you saw some success. Yeah. Uh, so one example that's, uh, been a program of ours since I started is, uh, with Mosquito Joe, uh, and it's their beat the bloodsuckers campaign. And so they have franchises around the country and everywhere, every year during mosquito control awareness week in late June, uh, participating franchises, so those that want to agree to donate ten dollars, uh, which is roughly the cost of two bed nets, uh, for every customer receiving their first treatment in that week. And there's uh, one franchise in particular that has really leaned into and really engaged with this campaign. And I spoke to him a couple years ago after they had a tremendously successful Beat the Bloodsuckers campaign. He said, "Jonathan, you know, we saw a twenty percent bump in our sales." compared to any other week for that year because of this campaign. And granted, they put a lot into the campaign. They talked to their office workers, they talked to their technicians, and so there was an investment on their part, but it resulted in sales. Uh, and so that's kind of one example. And then other companies have kind of taken that and, and tweaked it and, and found different ways to make it work for them. But that's one example I can give. So that's great. I mean, one of the things that you mentioned going to these meetings, like a pest world meeting or these meetings. And when I go and I talk to people there and just being in the industry, you know, as a, as a, before getting really into the industry as a homeowner, you thought of pest control as like, oh, I got an ant in my house. I got to call this company. They're going to come help me out. Right. And I don't think about that as much as I don't think about it really beyond that as so much of like, it's a service. I have a problem. They're going to come get it, come take care of it for me, which in itself is a, is a great thing. However, when you think about it and you talk to the, the people in the industry, they're doing stuff, something that's much more than that. There is an actual impact on people's health, on the environment, on, on just the overall, our overall health and cleanliness of how we live and just the world we are. And that, they take a lot of pride in that. And yeah. I, I, you don't really, you don't really get that possibly if you just have an interaction with a pest control technician that comes into your house. Maybe you do, but being in the industry and talking to them, they, it's one of the first things they'll tell me when they say, you know, what do you like most about being in this in this industry, or you know, in anything like that, where it's like 
they, they will say that. Like, I'm making a difference in people's lives, in people's health and yeah. the environment. And so I can see how some a shop or any shop, not just pests, if it's lawn and they're doing something related to mosquito, or tick, or vector, they can they could take this and sort of say, hey, we are supportive of efforts. These are vectors. We're going to get them out of your yard. But did you know that other people might not have the ability to get them out of their yard, right? Or keep them yeah. out of their house. So we're partnering with an organization that sole focus is to do that. So anytime, you know, you sign, I could see how that could lead to an increase in sale because people want to buy something that they, you know, not just does something, but is a part of a larger something right. else, right? That's, especially nowadays, I feel like we're moving more to that social awareness. People want to be involved in something or a part of something that has a bigger meaning than just what they're put paying for right away. So you can definitely see how that could be a nice um, partnership, right? Like, you know, where, like you said, it's not, I'm not providing, you're not providing something that's going to help my phones ring more directly, but you're providing yeah. something that links the service they're offering to a bigger problem in the world that, that, that is, is needed attention. Right. So I yeah. think that that's like a, a very smart way to approach it. Yeah. There's, yeah, as, as you're pointing out, Chris, kind of the, the feel good vibes of it, there's, you know, I think, we offer kind of a legitimacy, you know, as a campaign of the United Nations Foundation. There's a, you know, a, an right. aura there, if you will, and it, so it provides both of those things um, in addition to something for the employees to feel good about, you know, alongside whatever else the PCO might be involved with locally. So, I are you going to continue your persistence at this pest world this year, which unfortunately happens to be in Hawaii uh, out there? We'll, uh, I, I, I'm hoping to. Yeah, I've, okay. I've got to make that case with my okay. uh, with my supervisor. Right. But I think everybody um, involved I'm in field routes too is trying to make their case too. Like why, <laughs> why? Why this year? Why this year is the year I need to be uh, exactly. at pest world. But um, where people are listening to this and they it's resonating with them, where can they go to learn more, to get more information, so they might be able to reach out and talk about a partnership? Sure. Uh, Beatmalaria.org uh, is our website. That's a great way uh, to kind of learn more. And we have links out from there for how you can get involved. Uh, our, our general outreach email is uh, info at beatmalaria.org. Uh, that's something that I check regularly. Um, awesome. Well, you know, we wanted to do this episode. Like, like I said, Field Routes uh, uh, is, is tries to get involved with this organization and partner with them as much as we possibly can. We really believe in it. We're yeah. we're we're, Thank we're, you, Chris. we're supporters of the industry, and so and and, and by extension, especially with a lot of pests, um, this has just seemed like like the right thing to do. So we wanted to make sure we can give you a platform here. Um, so we're, we'll put this out for our, our audience that yeah. uh, to listen to and see how if they want to get involved, they can go there. So I want to thank you, Jonathan, for the little bit of time today. Day and joining us and 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 doing this and reminding everybody out there, um, go to befieldfamous.com if you want to learn more information about this. We'll have something in the show notes uh, and also all the other shows that we have uh, if you want to take a listen to. Tell your friends, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, and remember your success is fame worthy. Come tell your story, Jonathan. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Chris. Appreciate the opportunity and, and again grateful for the Theodore Ross partnership. Thank you.